Welcome to Yell Fight Suey, college football from three friendly-ish rivals. All right, we are here on Yell Fight Suey, your official, unofficial college football, college sports show from three friendly-ish rivals. We've got the Yell and Andy Tom Cheston, who busted out the letter jacket today. Love yeah, that. Four-year letterman. Don't know in <laughs> what. I've got a sweet Astros letter jacket, so I'm not too. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not anti letter jacket. And we've got the Suey, and like he must be running at night with that yellow sweatshirt, man. What's going on with that? I, I, this is. I, I am. I am wearing oh. my blues sweatshirt because, um, b- because it it's cold and and yeah, I got my the Arkansas cap on, so you know we got that going. Right. I'm wearing nothing associated. I'm the fight, but I've got my Astros. World Championships pulley on, and then my Erie Seawolves Christmas shirt. So we are good to go. Christmas came early for two of the fan bases on this show. Um, the days, day, I guess days after Thanksgiving. Uh, first off, I think the most surprising score of our teams was, and honestly, Andy, a score that wouldn't have been surprising before the season started, but as things play out, things play out. Uh, but the Fighting Texas Aggies took out the Bayou Bengals by uh, 15, man. What a, what a good win for you guys. It was a really good win, too, because it felt like LSU kept getting back in the game and then you kept scoring or getting a defensive stop. So it was a good, it was a good game. Yeah, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? So, yes, it was a good game. Glad we won the game. Glad we kept um, LSU's playoff hopes dead. Because uh, no matter what happens this week against Georgia, and LSU's not going to win, but let's just say they did, they're still not going to the playoffs. And that, you know, as as a, as a rivalry goes, is, is why you play the game. Um, the, the other side of that sword is, and every AM fan's asking this question, is where has this team, team literally been all season? Because outside of the Alabama game, which was a lot more about Alabama playing down than it was about AM playing up, and having a you know having Bryce Young out, um, AM hasn't looked impressive at all this season. Uh, there's been you know fits and spurts where okay this went well or that went well or we got to stop here, but there's been no consistent effort. This was the first time, and unfortunately, it happened in Game 12 where there was a consistent effort from the first kickoff all the way to the last whistle, um, where AM looked like the team we were expecting to see this year. Um, so it, it's a nice step. I mean, it, and if you look at it as it, it's being our bowl game, cause we don't have anything else scheduled. <laughs> um, the APR being what it is, even if they get to the five and seven bowl game folks, we're not, we're not one of those. Um, it's a nice way to kick off recruiting season and, and end the year on a positive note. And, and that's what we have to take from it. Um, how do you account for that though? How do you account for finally putting it all together in game 12 is it because you get up for LSU? I mean, what it what what is that thing that you can can you put it, th- can you put your finger on it? I think there's a certain amount of getting up for LSU, certainly. Um, and one of the things I think Texas fans will be interested in knowing when they get over here to the SEC is, yeah, there's a lot of talk about where Texas and AM uh, are going to play each other in the season. There was a lot of negotiation, and Scott knows the fallout of this prior to AM joining the SEC in 2012 about who that last game was going to be against. Um, and once those schedules got settled out, I think 2014 was the first year, uh, AM and LSU was set up to be the, the game in rivalry week because LSU historically has not had a rival geographically. Um, 
I know Arkansas was that team for a couple of decades. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it'll be very interesting to me to see because I think a lot of Texas fans assume they're going to just move into that slot again and LSU will be matched up with somebody else. But I don't really think that's just something you can assume at this point. No, I think they're actually going to move Texas OU to that weekend. Um, and that would be interesting because you lose the state fair atmosphere. But that's a, that's a different episode. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the simpler answer is our offensive line actually played like an offensive line instead of a turnstile for the first time this year. Um, we gave up no sacks against a team that rushes the quarterback a lot and does it well. Uh, we got 275 yards on the ground. So we pass blocked. Uh, we protected the quarterback. We gave the quarterback time to let plays develop. And you saw that we magically scored over 31 points, which seems to be a thing that we weren't able to do. Uh, 38's the most we've scored against anybody, including um, Sam Houston State this year. So I, I think it is as simple as having a good offensive line makes everything else work better. Okay. Now, Scott, um, look, I, I hate to poke a little fun, but you were the one who kind of dashed this stat as we got out of here last week. Uh, you know which one I'm bringing up too, right? Arkansas remains winless in Missouri. Um, what happened? Something about Como. I think it's because Missouri's home stadium doesn't look like an SEC stadium, and we forget that it's it actually like a Texas football. high school football stadium and a school that can't afford it. Looks like. But but the big M with the rock out there that's that's just that's just such a a nice touch. Not really. I think I um, saw that on Friday Night Lights, like season three, the yeah. East Dillon Panthers had to travel to Midlothian or something. Yeah, that's, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, is, is look, there were times throughout the year that a Razorback fan could, could definitely go, wow, we were way too aggressive, you know, down by three, fourth and four from your own 42, let's go for it. Whoa, 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 whoa. what are we doing? But then against Missouri, it's, it's like we did the complete opposite. We went conservative. Our, to the antithesis of what Andy was talking about, our offensive line completely forgot how to block in the last half of the season, at least, except against Ole Miss, because Ole Miss wasn't paying attention because they were afraid their coach was going to Auburn, and we took advantage of the situation. <laughs> um, lo losing at Missouri, um, it just gets old because it's Missouri. They're they're like barely SEC. They're not there for the grade point average. They're not there for the for the skills at, and their and their great sports teams. Um, yeah, Missouri still is a weird fit in the SEC to me, but they're there and we can't beat them when we go there. So I, I, I'm going to blame it on the field. Yeah, outside of it. outside of A and M and Vanderbilt, what schools in the SEC are there for the grade point average? Just kidding. I joke. Andy, would you like to follow well, up on my joke? Florida has a pretty good academic reputation. They actually do. They actually have a great film school as well. Um, no, it, Missouri has always been weird. And I think all of us have always expected um, if the Big Ten ever came calling, they would be the first one to go. Unfortunately, the Big Ten doesn't want to have anything to do with them. So we ended up with them uh, for the Kansas City, St. Louis media market, which mattered in 2012, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it, it, they're just geographically they're not a fit you can make the argument all day long about texas and, and texans will all tell you we're not in the south we're texas we're a whole separate thing but geographically it makes sense 
Oklahoma's a little bit of a stretch, but it's our toilet bowl, so we bring that along when we travel. Missouri's just out there. Yes, they share a border with Arkansas. Yeah. But if you said they were rivals with Iowa, we'd go, sure, why not? It's the same thing. It's Illinois and Kansas. That's the crazy thing. So Mizzou fans do feel like their rival their rivals are Illinois and Kansas. Right. Well, those are not South schools. But either way, look, I mean, Arkansas has a ton of questions coming out of that game. We've got, um, you know, on top of just graduating seniors, I think it's like 16 or 17 players that have already entered the portal, um, quit the team, leaving, trying to go to the NFL, something. So so really this, uh, we fired our strength and conditioning coach, rumors, because no Arkansas football season is good until there's a really juicy rumor mill, right? So we fired the strength and conditioning coach, and then it's come out that, um, rumors are out there that this guy was texting players uh, coming out of closed door coaches sessions, telling players what the coaches were saying about them, driving a rift between the coaching staff and certain players. I mean, if, if that stuff's true, then you got to go. You're going to lose your job. I don't care right. what industry you're in. But why does it all? There's always something like that with Arkansas. We have two coordinators. Uh, in Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles that that are are somewhat hot commodities for other teams looking for coaches. So, you know, we, we go into the offseason in Arkansas, having had a pretty decent three-year run. We got COVID bowl eligibility. Uh, we were bowl eligible, played on New Year's Day last year. We're six and six, so we're going to go somewhere, you know, glamorous like Memphis. Um, all the Vegas isn't out of the question either. Uh, so, you know, now we're going to have staff turnover too, player turnover. It's going to be a really rough offseason for, for Arkansas. There's going to be a lot of turnover in the offseason. Yeah, I'd also wonder, too, how much um, Texas and OU entering, say what people want to do, say about Texas's recent success or lack thereof, it's going to actually – I think it will un, un, unsettle the SEC to a degree because I do think it adds two more flagship programs players can go to. It's going to be interesting to watch that, but that's for – because OU has no money because they're broke – uh, that's a conversation for later. Scott, you touched on something, and I want you to hit on this first. And, you know, I was getting to watch the game with my brother-in-law, Nathan. Scott, you know him well. Um, very, very big football fan, very knowledgeable football fan. And he – we're just we were just blown away at all the times play teams are going for, for, going for it on fourth down in situations that made zero sense to go for it. I think uh, Baylor went for it on fourth and five from the from – the, um, Baylor 40 they weren't even on the other side of they weren't even in plus territory what's going on I mean it, it, am I just being an old man and or is analytics saying this is the thing to do um where do you, what's your take on that it's a combination of factors analytics is at the heart of it so uh coaches are looking for you know what, what are my chances here in this situation um the main thing though I think it is is the time of year it's at the end of the year it's go for broke time Right, especially when when you're talking about Baylor uh, playing Texas, Bay, Baylor kind of wants to beat you guys. Uh, so they're they're gonna you know take that extra risk at this time of the year that they might not take at the first part of the year. I also think that the way college football has gone, it's not really a defensively driven game anymore. Sure. Right, it, it really is about offense. It's about spreading out. It's about moving people around. And so at a pro level, uh, you don't see that happening as much. The going for it because because professional defenses are really really good in college it's not so much that way any anymore I mean there are great defenses 
but if I've got the risk, it's at the end of the year, and what do I have to lose? We're going to a bowl game anyway. If you're Baylor, I'm going somewhere to play uh, in the postseason. I'm not going to the Big Champ- Big 12 championship. Go for broke. Why not? Give this a, a shot. And I think you saw a lot of teams do that. I mean, Lane Kiffin is renowned for it at Ole Miss. Sure. You know, he's got fourth and goal from the 12, and, and the field goal kicker sitting there right beside him on the, on the sideline. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it happens a lot more. Uh, I think it happens more as the year goes on. And uh, I, some of it's overconfidence as well. But um, Andy, I do want to get to Texas Baylor in a minute. But do you want to? Mike, Mike Leach. Mike Leach is another one who is a big proponent of going for and fourth down, and his teams historically have done that a lot. But I think in the seminal um, football film, The Water Boy, Dan Fout said it best. It's the last game of the year. Can't hold anything back now. Um, so that it, it, you know, that's summing up exactly what Scott just said in a much shorter, briefer time period. Uh, that that's all it is. It's, we've got a card that says we can do this and maybe it makes a difference. If we get it, it looks great. If we don't, we're still Baylor. That's the first time Andy's ever like concisely shortened my words. (laughs) Well, no, but I mean, look, I, I definitely get your point on both of the about this late game seasoning, but I feel like I was seeing this in August and September. So maybe it is as simple as, like Scott said, we're not playing defense anymore. And to be fair, I think Baylor did convert six of the nine fourth downs they went for. So, yeah, maybe that does work. You know, as, back to Texas Baylor, though, I know we, we haven't really talked about it yet, but, um, you know, I don't know what y'all's take was, those of you who watched the game. But for me, you know, I, I've tried to preach um, – I love that you taught me this phrase, Andy. I know you didn't make it up, but I've been tre- I've been preaching process over product. Um, and I saw another step forward in that evolution. Texas was losing at the half. They actually dominated the second half, 21 to eight. Um, they leaned on. It was sort of frustrating at one point because I think they ran the ball between Bijan and Keyshawn uh, 11 times in a row mm-hmm. and scored a touchdown. Where was that in games they lost? Were they? But I'm not trying to get into where was that game. I just felt really good about what the defense looked like, and I felt like the offense turned a corner. Well, I think that was the text one of us sent uh, while the Texas-Baylor game was going on. Uh, Sark just figured out that he could run the ball. <laughs> Twelfth game of the year, he just yeah. figured out they could do that. The Sark and Jimbo are really, really fast learners that we're yeah. learning. Well, I mean, no, I, 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 do, I do think – no, I do. I think it was a great game, but yeah, Texas got back to fundamentals and they went back to their strengths. And I, I think that's another thing you see teams get away from. A lot of these offensive coordinators have these incredible schemes and they've got all these ideas and, and they do need to be reined in. And sometimes, sometimes the best thing you can do is give the ball to a big fast guy and let him go five yards forward. I, I that, think it's that's actually effective if, when you do that, that's really effective. But Andy, I, I know you're, I, I want to get to you in a second, but Andy, I want to, I want you also to chew on this. Like, um, yes, we're talking about wide open offense. Uh, that's not much different than the, than the major league baseball world we're living in where it's, it's home runs or nothing. And yet we just saw a team win the world series by being defense first. Maybe that's the solution for teams is to dive back into that direction. Well, I think it's, and we've talked about this a lot and I think it's, it might be a little bit of a stretch here, but I think the current system of basically unlimited free agency for college football players, which I'm not against, but it's a factor and NIL deals are a factor. You have to present your offensive skill players as being 
players who are going to have an opportunity to make money, not just at the NFL, but while we're here. And the way wide receivers and quarterbacks make money is throwing the ball deep down the field and making spectacular catches. So you have to show that as a thing. That's been part of Jimbo Fisher's recruiting issues over the last couple of years is because he's really good at running the ball when his offense is going well and tight end passes over the middle. It's considered old school. The wide receivers are blockers downfield a large part of the time. And that's great. And you can win a lot of football games with that. Jimbo Fisher has won a lot of football games doing that. But when you're trying to force the ball down the field, just to prove a point that, Hey, we can be flashy too, or we can throw down the ball the field too, without a purpose. I think you run into a lot of the things that A&M ran into this year and a lot of other teams run into um, it's offense for the sake of not for the sake of winning, but for make, putting on a show which doesn't win football games. I, I think you're exactly right. I think you're going to see teams, um, and it's hard because the rules do favor offense. They, they just sure. do. Um, That's true. But you're going to see teams eventually evolve to figure out how to stop the offenses that exist today, and then there'll be a switch back to um, defense first and who makes the fewest mistake wins. And, and frankly, the wonderful thing about college football – a lot of different styles can win football games. It's not the NFL where you all do the exact same thing to win games. Yeah, I'll, I'll also say, let, let me also say to, to, to that, Andy, as well, um, you've got a lot of these offenses that want to go fast, right? There's no substitutions. You get, you, you get to the line. Defense doesn't have time to substitute. You're trying to get these mismatched. Um, you're trying to get these mismatches on the field out of that so in, in one way that's leading to more of the offense and the defense gets kind of trapped out there but you've also seen a lot of defensive coordinators who have figured out about the rpo you know the mm -hmm. run pass option that we've all heard about forever uh the way to stop that is not by brawn up front the way to stop that is by speed and uh you know yeah. all the way across the field and and taking away those options as quickly as possible so you've seen that kind of shift a little bit and and you've seen you know there there i i do think the defense is coming back more now than it had because of that sure. because defensive coordinators are really smart and they figure that out um you know what was it 10 years or five ten years ago we saw you know lane kiffin and all of these uh, the coordinators that um that that nick saban had running things wide open uh, was a huge step for Nick Saban to embrace. Yeah, Texas I mean, remember Nick season. Saban beat Texas in the national championship game without an offense. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, absolutely. It, it, Gone are the days that Greg McElroy is faking the handoff and throwing a six-yard pass to a tight end, and that's a wide-open Alabama offense. Gone are those days. Yeah, I mean, and, and to kind of further my point, if uh, Texas Longhorns this year had decided they were going to just run the hell out of B. John Robinson. He'd be a Heisman candidate, a front runner this year because he's that talented and that good a running back. Uh, but it probably cost you Xavier Worthy on your roster in 2023, which I guess if I'm reading the internet tea leaves right, he's at least taken down all the uh, Longhorn stuff off his Twitter account because he's renegotiating his NIL deal. I don't think it's anything more than that. But you know, you got to make sure they know I could leave at any well, time, right? Well, Andy, I wanted to I wanted to to go with you with our next topic as we get close to wrapping up, but. You know, academic luminary, um, business expert, Thank genius, you. Baylor, I, I, grad, R, Baylor oh, grad RG3, posited the question during the broadcast of how much Texas should offer Bijan to stay at Texas. 
that irritated you. I mean, immediately I got a text from you or we got a text from you. A little bit about that statement. Why did that bug you so much? I mean, I know why it bugged you, but why did it bug you? I mean, okay. So I, I admit this is a conflict for me. I think the players should get whatever they should get. Uh, these schools make billions of dollars in revenue or at least hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue on the football program. The football program funds a lot of other things, including making a lot of uh, um, people in universities uh, sit very more, much more flush than they would normally. And the players up to two years ago got nothing in return other than a scholarship. And that was a big deal in the 50s when not everybody had a college degree coming out. Uh, you know, you went to the high school, out of high school, you went to the military and, or you went to work. Um, having a college degree wasn't as commonplace as it is now. Um, so I think the players should get what they what they can get. Having said that, it's become free agency in college football. And you aren't just getting that guy that first time. You have to re-sign him, re-recruit him almost every year if you right. want him for three years. And that fourth year, if he's something like B. John Robinson, it doesn't matter what deal they're putting forth. He's a first-round draft pick. I mean, unless he shows up high as a kite at the combine, uh, and even then, um, he's he's still go to the Washington Commanders and extra manly guy. And I think but, actually, what I was getting to with my question was, Texas doesn't pay the NI. The, Texas doesn't pay players. It's the NIL. It's that whole thing. It's just a gross misunderstanding of. Well, um, none of the schools pay the players. I mean, if we're right, following RG three forwarding that that stupid narrative is really what really irritated me. Well, let yeah, me get you, let, let you a little secret. RG3 was paid by Baylor. So he knows <laughs> that's how the system works. Scott? Yes, but can we quantify that? We're, we're talking about Robert Griffin III, former Baylor quarterback, saying a shot about Texas during a Baylor-Texas broadcast. Well, I don't even think he meant it as a shot, Scott. I think he meant it as no, a, hey, he Texas didn't. He didn't. I mean, but that's just, that's just in his brain. First of all, I mean, yeah. He, he, he He's was speaking he from experience. So he looked so great when he graced the cover of Madden. And that's all I can say about RG3's uh, professional career. Right, as far as getting paid. I will also say this. I will also say this. I'm really proud of Texas and Texas fans getting something like that said. So you guys can start embracing how we do things over here in the SEC. <laughs> right? we, don't, we don't talk about it out loud like Robert Griffin III and the Baylor crowd and the Big 12. Do. No, we're, we're, we're a little hush-hush about those things. You get your NIL deal. Any money you make on the side, I don't know, from Yellowwood or, or whoever. Um, Yellowwood. Um, by the way, there, there's – well, Yellowwood's uh, – yellow, uh, that too runs Auburn, and Hugh Freeze is on my brain. Um, um, <laughs> At least he's not your pants. I, we just do things correctly. Ugh. Well, not yet, but I don't know. I, I am really curious how many burner phone accounts he gets per month uh, with his new Auburn deal because, hey, let's fact, face facts. Hugh Freeze can coach football. He'd still be the old Miss coach or coaching wherever he wanted to if he just simply knew the fact not to call hookers on the on the company phone. Yeah. Freedom cellular. Freedom cellular. That's because is, he spent too much time watching Johnny Be Good with Anthony Michael Hall. That's right. I made that reference, and that's how he thought it worked. Very underrated movie, by the way. I highly underrated movie. Very underrated. Um, okay, well, that's going to wrap us up. But before we get out of here, as we kind of count down each team, I want you to think about one position group that you guys think you feel like needs to be improved going into uh, next season. And you cannot say any of the lines. Can I say the Missouri baseball program? 
Although they are a nice kind of um, appetite cleanser when you have to play the SEC schedule. You go to a little 3,500 person stadium. It's like, it's like a vacation. It's cute. But Andy, you are the yell. What is one area of the Aggie football team you want to see improved as we go into the off season? I mean, you're taking away my easy answer because it is the offensive line, but um, I think our running back situation has got to get cleared up. We're probably going to lose um, Devin A-Chain to the draft, and he'll probably go in the third round. Um, We don't have a lot – well, I tell you that, we have guys that have been uh, recruited and were highly thought of, but um, you're going to see some offensive changes, and those guys – uh, are going to have to make decisions about where the, if they're going to stay or not, basically. So we're we're I think the other piece of that is um, the change has to come through. We're going to have to really embrace the portal, and Jimbo is going to have to stop being stubborn about that, which he says he's going to do. So yeah. I see a big influx of guys coming from other programs. Uh, I think we've already had nine guys transfer out. None of them starters, and none of them from the uh, twenty-two class that everybody thinks is leaving every any minute now. But um, I think that's the big change I want to see is going out and being really active in the portal and then sewing up some of the weaker spots like the running back position. All right, Scotty Mack, what if, when you're looking at when you're looking at Arkansas, what's one big area? Again, the, the easy answer is offensive line, but I can't say that. So I'm going to go with quarterback. And the reason why okay. is because our backup quarterback, Malik Hornsby, is already in the transfer portal. And KJ Jefferson still after all this time can't seem to hit a receiver in stride on a crossing route, which, which really does cost your team incredible yards when your offense is based on timing and you're throwing it behind receivers. You, you kill timing, you kill the yards after the catch. Sure. And that is kind of what Kendall Browell's offense is, is uh, predicated on. Um, I'll, I'll also quickly say that Missouri baseball stadium, I've been there. It sits on top of a hill. It's cold and it's windy up there during games. Yeah, it is not a great place to be. Also, the process over product comment that Andy made has me now wondering if his last name's really Andy Tom Saban. So I may just call him that from 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 now on. It didn't come from Saban. I, but just, he says those things. So I'm just saying, hey, look, you got to trust the process, okay? I'm Apple just Apple. excited. Eleven um, of the eleven of the SEC baseball teams are ranked in the top 25. If you had Texas in, that's 12. Um, Missouri serves a purpose. If we asked what Missouri's purpose was, it was to give every team in the SEC three wins in the baseball schedule. <laughs> All right. Well, as we get out of here, I'm going to say Texas needs to improve the wide receiver, wide receiver uh, position. That's even with Xavier Worthy coming out. Texas seems to have tight ends coming out of their ass all of a sudden, um, which, you know, for three years ago is a big deal. But there's really doesn't seem to be an, a guy outside that can take some of the pressure off Xavier Worthy. And I think if you get that, you get a really dynamic offense. This has been Yell Fight Sui. I am the fight in the thing, James Christopher. We got Scotty Mack, our Sui, and our fight in Texas Aggie, Andy Tom Chess. Until next week when we start looking at the college football playoff and bowl schedules. Y'all have a great week. Y'all Fight Suey is part of the Let's Get To Network. Y'all Fight Suey is produced by Twitchy Dolphin Media.